0: Hi, welcome to So What You're Saying Is, I'm Peter Whittle. Now, I'm delighted that my guest today is someone who's been on the show before. I think you'll be very familiar with his case. Harry Miller, former policeman, uh, was the gentleman who was uh, approached by the police and asked to check his thinking after he'd simply liked a few tweets. Well, here we are quite some considerable time after that, and we've just had a court of appeal ruling that was uh, this week i'm delighted that harry's come in to talk to us about it thanks very much indeed harry thanks for having me on the show peter it's always a pleasure what actually happened in the court of appeal what was decided what was ruled
1: Uh, uh, okay so if we just take you back a little bit initially um i was approached by humberside police uh, because of, of some gender critical tweets that i put into this twitter sphere including um i i was assigned mammal at birth i identify as fish don't miss pieces me and then i said a naughty little word um and uh, i asked um is transgender remembrance day a thing then like an actual one and uh i also retweeted a, a piece of feminist doggerel which began um um uh your hormones are synthetic your vagina goes nowhere mm. so that so the, the police the police decided that um This was so egregious uh, of me that uh, without what they called necessary intervention, uh, that I would follow the five step um, approach to genocide. And uh, I'm not, I'm not making that up. They said that uh, by tweeting what I would tweeted, I was on step one on a five step journey, which ended in genocide through, through, through assault, Mm. you know, through grievous bodily harm, through murder and eventually uh, my tweets uh, would lead to the socio-economic conditions uh, which led to Auschwitz. Mm. Um, Now, what I said was that this is patently nonsense, Mm. absolute rubbish. It can't possibly be the case. Anyway, I I then discovered the origin of of, of this, which was the the hate crime guidance um, issued by the College of Policing in 2014, which bound all chief constables, to uh, follow up on non-crime hate incidents with the same degree of um, commitment as if they were investigating a a, a crime. Now, what happened here is this. We challenged Humberside and said, this is irrational. There's no possible way that left unfettered and unchallenged um, I would spark the next genocide. Mm -hmm. It's just not not feasible. Um, We went to the the High Court and uh, Mr Justice Julian Knowles agreed and said that uh, harry miller with the tweets that he made wasn't even in the foothills of criminality and there was no chance whatsoever that anything that harry miller had said could possibly escalate to criminality and therefore the judge ruled at the first instance uh, in favour of me and likened homicide police to the char- to the to the stasi the cheque sure. and the gestapo yeah but bizarrely at the same time he said whilst following the guidelines as Humberside did was illegal the guidelines themselves were legal now we thought that was simply irrational Mm. illogical Mm. um, and could lead to an absolute disaster uh, which it had done in Humberside's case so we went back we, we appealed the decision and that went to the Court of Appeal it was heard last March and we finally got the ruling yesterday and um three senior judges including the i think the third or fourth most powerful judge in the land uh, they agreed unanimously that the mere recording of a non-crime hate incident uh, constituted an unacceptable interference in democracy and served as an illegal chilling effect on free speech so in effect we won so that's how we ended up at the, at, at the Court of Appeal.
0: But the thing is that, Harry, <clears throat> this is an extraordinary victory, isn't it? I mean, well, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, it, it, in the sense that, you know, they are saying that actually what the College of Policing guidelines say is wrong. And that therefore, you know, they can't presumably be applied anymore. Well, that's
1: the thing. I mean, the, the, the College of Policing, God bless them, um, tweeted yesterday, or put out a statement yesterday, um, almost, almost categorizing it as a victory Yeah, their their, their statement is quite bizarre. It reminds me of chemical, uh, sorry, comical Ali In Baghdad, pretending (laughs) that the American troops weren't passing by in tanks behind him. That's that's precisely what it reminded me of. And um, because they they seem to think that with a little bit of a tweak here and there, then their precious hate crime guidance uh, and their non-crime hate incidents will be able to be uh, continued. But that's simply not the case. And the reason it's not the case is this. The non-crime hate incident is predicated on perception. Mm -hmm. If someone perceives it, if you as as the the victim or any other person perceives something that I've said as being um, rooted in hate against one of the five monitored strands, then the police have no power whatsoever to filter that claim out. Because the second you apply a rational or a reasonable or a common sense filter to it, it's no longer perception based you've added something else into the mix now so far thus far it baked into the police guidance is this it talks about secondary victimization and it warns the police they must not engage in secondary victimization mm-hmm. now secondary victimization is where the police go are you sure that's motivated by hate are you sure are you sure that's bigotry is that not a little bit unreasonable the second a police officer does that they are guilty of hate Really? that is secondary victimization really? so the entire idea that you can just tweak the guidelines mm. and basically end up with the same thing is patent nonsense mm. you can't you have to ha- you have to add rationality and reasonableness <clears throat> we used to call that you know evidence, things like evidence you've got to you've got to root the claim in some form of reality mm. Okay, so that is the check and the balance. But the second you do that, of course, perception-based recording no longer exists. Yes. So it's, it's clearly, clearly a massive, massive victory. I mean, th- this morning when I saw um, how the College of Policing had reacted, I did, I did send them a, um, a Kubler-Ross five stages of grief uh meme and said look look guys you're in you're in step one denial but uh given time you'll get over it so (laughs) we'll
0: we'll see if that one lands this has been a uh, how long is the whole the whole stretch of this been then actually it will be three years on the 23rd of january right next year so i mean what is your what is your feeling at the moment i mean are you sort of feeling Elated, or are you feeling anticlimactic, or how do you feel? I, I, I'm certainly not anticlimactic,
1: but not also not elated. I think overall, my emotion is one of I'm slightly tired. Mm. Uh, uh, I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. I'm quietly I'm quietly satisfied, um, but I'm certainly not I'm certainly not elated. I, what I am I'm I'm pleased for for the other one hundred and twenty to two hundred thousand people who've managed to ratchet up a non-crime hate incident against their name, yes. which will be sitting yeah. on databases in police forces across the country. Now, yeah. now, what needs to happen now is that they need to be ripped up. Yes. They need to be Absolutely. expunged yeah. Yeah. entirely because this is how sinister it is. As is. Uh, we've talked about this before. On the basis of no evidence whatsoever, on the basis of a malicious complaint or a political complaint, all you have to do is cite... I believe that person was motivated by hatred. And then you have a non-crime hate incident, which names you as the suspect in the offense of hate. And that has been, that is disclosable on an enhanced DBS Mm. for up to six years. Mm. That is is quite frankly, terrifying. I mean, if that's not obviously wrong, then there's something wrong with you. That really, there has to be something wrong with you. If you think that is acceptable, then your your natural home is be, the other side of the Berlin Wall pre-1989. You know, we don't want that sort of people, that sort of person governing us or having mm. in, any influence on our lives whatsoever. So yeah, I, I, I feel I feel quietly happy, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is Peter, this has been going on so long. And when I was on your show the first time, I talked about how at one point I was so desperate, I nearly sort of slung myself off the Humber mm. Bridge. Mm. Um But you can't live with that degree of emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't keep it up for three mm-hmm. years. You can't live on, on adrenaline. So one way or another, I think I've learned to um, calm my emotions down and um, remain focused and positive and really not, not think too much about outcome. Think more about process and am I doing the right thing? And do the do, do the right people think I'm doing the right thing? And are my motives correct Mm. and then just pretty much thinking well what will be will be i'm not going to worry a huge amount about it so when the result came in of course of course i was pleased i had a you know there's a little bit of a tear in my glass eye type Mm. thing but i wasn't overly emotional and i wasn't overly emotional about it yesterday it's like well great we've done that it's a major victory my concern now is how we roll this out beyond police forces Into HR departments because, quite frankly, it's people who are in work who have real terror—not of the police, but of their HR managers who swallowed the same pill. They've been on the same course. They signed up to Stonewall. They believe in in the gingerbread theory of human nature, um and they've got they've got the very real capacity to sack you. Mm. You know, to make to put you in a position where you can't pay your mortgage or. You know, buy presents mm. for Christmas. And these people terrify me. But I think, I think, if it's the case that HR departments have been looking at the police for inspiration and going where they lead, well, now that the police have been given pause for thought and told that you are operating illegally, with a bit of luck, my hope is that HR departments will will follow suit. I mean, how
0: hopeful are you of that? Well i mean, no, I, mean...
1: I, I i'm very hopeful because i think i think we lead by example i i gave an interview yesterday i said what should our response be now and i said well our response should be this we should go out and say what was unacceptable last week just go out and say it and mm. i said don't go out and target an individual don't harass somebody mm. don't send them a malicious communication in the name of free speech mm. that's never what we were about but go out and say what last week you thought was mm. For me, that's, that's straight up. I say trans women don't have penises. Mm, you mm. cannot commit rape without a penis. Mm. Trans women are men. Mm. Um, now, a week ago, saying that would have got me yet another non crime hate incident. Not any longer. Not any longer. Yeah. So, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to say, say it. Say it. Providing you're on the right side of the law, say it. Because if we don't use it, we'll lose it Peter Mm, mm. so I think we have to do that I mean I I got into uh, a lot of trouble uh, a year or so ago when in as as a direct response to a police virtue signaling meme which said we stand against hate in all its forms Mm. all its forms including misgendering people you know pronoun policing all that stuff I responded with a hashtag um, um, hate is a human emotion like love and jealousy and mm. it's got nothing to do with the police mm. hashtag say yes to hate mm. and you should have seen the uproar the uproar yeah. that there was yeah. over that but I believe it and I don't regret it for a
0: second hate is not in the purview of the police no. well speaking of the police I mean you know you said where do we go from, from here we've had you've had this victory but how do we get the police back to doing what the police should do for want of a better way of putting it how do we get the police out of this kind of activity you're a former policeman Uh, you know when I was on the assembly I was um, on the police and crime committee I came across it all the time it seemed to me that the police had been sort of entirely captured really by a kind of woke ideology and people say oh it's not the guys down on the beat as it were it's the I'm not so sure about that anymore Harry well, it seems to I, be right I, I, I
1: think it's right the way through the ranks, but I think the vast, the vast majority of serving police officers who spend their, di- their time investigating burglaries, sorting out domestic violence, going to accidents, you know, uh, dealing with the very worst of humanity. And there's a lot of it in this country. Um, they're entirely on our side, but of course, to say so publicly, they would find themselves at the wrong yeah, end of a disciplinary. Yeah, yeah. And we know that because Stonewall have written the guidelines. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 I, I've put in so many FOIs for information about internal police policies and you look and typically it will, it will start off with um, how terrible racism is, racism, this, racism, that, you know, homophobia, terrible, terrible, terrible. And then before you know it, it slipped into pronouns and gender mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So, so this is policy by stealth. Yes. And it's absolutely sent a chilling effect through uh, the rank and file of police officers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is fair to say that the majority of police officers are on our side. They're regular good human beings with, with loads and loads of common sense. Now, one of the things that the College of Policing have done is now they, they're now insisting that only graduates um, are police officers. Mm. Now, why, would that, why could that possibly be? Well, I'll tell you why it is. It's because if you're a graduate, you've learned how not to think. Mm. You've learned how to tick learning outcomes tick mm. boxes and um, and play the game. And the police want police officers who know how to play the game, who don't critically think, who don't think for themselves, who simply do as they're told and follow process. Now, when I spoke to
0: the Chief Constable of Humberside... Uh, that's right. I was going to yeah, ask you. This yeah. was quite something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: When I spoke to the Chief Constable of Humberside uh, following my victory against him, I said, look, look, look Lee, it's a good guy. He's mm. a really good mm. guy, Steve Freeman. The cops on, cops on the street love him. Is great until he gets into things like politics and then he loses his mind, mm. um, as they all do. So I, I said, I understand why PC Gull, an overenthusiastic young copper, came and, and got it wrong and did the, I need to check your thinking and all that nonsense. I said, but when the world's, when the world's press were focused on homicide, mm-hmm. why did somebody not apply some common sense? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, Harry, you should know that common sense is not an appropriate tool for a police officer because it leads to unpredictable outcomes what we know, need yeah. is guidance i'm mm. like how can you possibly say that mm. lee how mm. can you possibly say that that common sense is not an appropriate tool for a police officer now in britain in, in the united kingdom we operate under common law we operate with the the state assumes that we are free we are three mm. free to think say and do right up until the point that the law specifically says now in other words Our behaviour is predicated on an assumption of common sense. Yeah. Okay, okay. so if the police are of the people, then the the one quality you would expect from a police officer is that same common sense. Mm. But what the police have done under the guidance of the College of Policing is adopt a much more European, Napoleonic, Roman model whereby the state Mm. gives us permission Mm. to do, to say and to act. And that's a very, very different model. So for, so for me, I think the way the College of Policing and Chief Constables in turn have been acting is nothing short of, of, of treasonous. It's a betrayal of mm-hmm. everything that we as people who live in Britain stand for. Mm-hmm. And part of that came in with the when the police act 2003 brought changed the oath of attestation so we went from um we went from a police officer swearing to the queen to uphold the law Mm. uh, and keep the queen's peace to uphold the law keep the queen's peace and uphold human rights yes now why 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 suddenly bring in human rights Mm. in addition to law Mm. surely surely a human right that has not been adopted into law is a is a politically contentious issue Mm. otherwise it would have been adopted into law Mm. so this then leaves the police in a position where they are genuinely genuinely confused because all it takes is for amnesty or stonewall or black lives matter or whoever to say this is a human right yeah and suddenly the police think well i swore to uphold human rights they're saying this is a human right i've got to uphold it so what we need to do is get that out Get that oath of of, oath of attestation back to uh, simply up you know, keeping the queen's peace and um obeying the law upholding the law get rid of this human
0: rights nonsense it's not it's not the responsibility of the police also i think actually you made a point i remember on last time you were on where where you said that in fact any political statement by policemen of any sort is entirely in breach of what of their oath of allegiance to the Queen, because they're meant to be neutral, because they're doing it in her, the sovereign's name.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, exactly. So I, I, I think I said that um, if we don't know what the Queen thinks about the subject, we That's don't it. need to know what a police yeah. officer thinks about the subject, because the Queen has been, you know, she's been, um, she's been great at political neutrality. You simply don't. I know it's. It's been a lot more difficult in recent years with social media and mm. capturing things you know all that kind of stuff but in principle she is politically utterly vanilla mm. absolutely vanilla there's no way is she going to raise an lgbtq flag above above buckingham mm. palace she's not because she recognizes that it is a political symbol yeah, and uh, and the police they take the oath to the queen because they are expressing that same political neutrality and of course it's baked into the code of ethics i think section sh- section six where it says not only should a police abstain from politics mm. they should abstain from the appearance of being political mm. the appearance of it and the person the person who who is able to say what is what does or does not constitute the appearance of politics is the ordinary person Well, not not the expert, not the academic, the ordinary, the ordinary person, the person, as you say, the the man or woman on the Clapham omnibus. So like, uh, and that's me.
0: Yeah, if you've got to abstain from even the appearance of politics, that one's been shot out the ward, hasn't it? By uh, the coppers taking the knee, for example. Of course, that's that's the appearance of political. Yeah, opinion. but they
1: get, they're get they able to do it because they say, no, I also swore to uphold human rights. Mm. And I, th- I think this is a human rights issue. Therefore, I mm. will take the knee. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. If you've got a human right that has not been codified into law and it's gone through the democratic process, and therefore we all agree or a majority of us agree that this is this is correct. We agree as a nation to abide by this. That's called the law. And the police need to be upholding the law, mm. not contested human rights. Mm. Ever, mm. ever, ever. If it's not in the law, the police need to have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Whether that's <clears throat> Black Lives Matter, whether that's um, yeah, pronouns, whether that's a reform to the, G- to the GRA, uh, whether it's marching with pride. All of these things are political. Yeah. And you can't get away with saying, well, it's a human right. Well, I'm sorry. But you are not the human rights police. You, you should be the law police mm. and the upholding the Queen's peace police, not the political police. And for me, this victory yesterday, when I came out and spoke to, to the press, I said, we've had Stasi by stealth. And that's exactly what we've had. And I think what I've done is just push that back. Mm. Not just a little bit, but quite a lot, actually. Quite a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. actually. So f- for me next, it's um, getting that to... To that, that section of the 2003 Police Act uh, repealed. So we get back to policing without, properly policing without fear and favor and pro- properly policing without political influence. I think we also need to be purging every police force of the insidious influence of of stonewall and or any other pressure group uh, that that has a political manifesto uh, with,
0: uh, with stonewall they 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 have been sort of it seems to be like sliding down the other side of their peak yeah. if you like yeah.
1: but not with the police though isn't that right well well it's difficult to tell though. i mean a number of police forces have openly now left uh, the, the their champions diversity champions program mm-hmm. but interestingly stonewall Wall have have locked down um, their list of who is one of their champions because right. people are leaving left, right and centre. But there are still a number of police forces who are fully committed uh, to the, the the Stonewall agenda, yeah. not least of which is the City of London Police, Uh, merseyside police north yorkshire police who held a who held an intersectionality conference for goodness sake Mm, in the mm, summer where mm. they were actively promoting uh, critical race theory i mean how political can you get Mm. that is not something that the police should be involved with leicestershire police whilst they've got a fantastic pcc leicestershire police are taking to the streets during pride marches carrying trans riot shields mm. riot shields literally painted in trans colors saying policing with pride mm. you couldn't get more political than that it's wrong and when you think back to the battle of Orgreave, uh, what 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 riot shields signified in the battle of Orgreave? they are terrifying to the working classes yeah yeah terrifying yeah. and 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 it it they they have become riot shields are synonymous with politics and policing due to that that, that particular yeah. battle and it's entirely wrong when the police take a riot shield paint it with the political colors and then step back and say we're doing it in the name of human rights it's not political well it's, it's political uh,
0: you said you would you campaign you'd want to get rid of this particular part of the law you know yeah. that you mentioned in the act but also um what about the subjectivity aspect that's gone into the law now, Harry, isn't that, that's a hard one. But what we're talking about, as you just mentioned there, is this subjectivity, this perception thing, which now is in the law. Um, so, not to require evidence, there's no requirement of evidence. Uh, that, in a way, is at the root of a lot of this, isn't it? Uh, we've got to get that out of the law again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a post-modernism gone awry, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for taking someone's perception of something as part of the equation. You know, how you feel about something has got some value, but it doesn't tell the whole story because your perception, quite frankly, might be entirely wrong. Mm. So whilst it is correct that we listen to your perception, that cannot, that cannot be the dictating factor when it comes to law or policy or policing. It simply can't. Mm. It's one more factor to think about. Uh, the 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 entire language around non-crime hate incidents um, is predicated on the immediate assumption that you because you felt offended are a victim Mm. and me because i offended you i'm a suspect Mm. that sort of language it simply has to go it cannot possibly stand and it's not the job of the police to believe anybody Mm. It's the job of the police to listen to people's stories and then go out and find evidence Mm. to support that story. Belief should play no part
0: in whatsoever, none. Well, look, Harry, I mean, many congratulations again, you know, for it. And uh, I think it's a long, hard slog, but I mean, you've, you know, you've given us a great uh, model how to do it. I think very courageous of you. Thank you. Um, And uh, we shall see you again, I think. I know we will actually, because I think this isn't going to end, is it? We're going to have many other things. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I
0: mean, you know, activism is not for everybody, Peter, because
1: I think, um, I think, um, who was it yesterday? They called me bloody, I have got the healthy degree of bloody mindedness. (laughs) Um, Mm. And somebody else said that I'm an an immovable object. Well, not everybody is. Mm. But those of us who are bloody minded enough, and immovable enough. And um, like that fear gene, I think it's uh, incumbent upon us to make a stand for everybody else.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing is, as is, well, not to be with the sort of issues that we talk about a lot on this channel, this is a very, very nice piece of good news to which uh, we're ending the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Uh, that's it this time, and uh, we shall see you next time, I hope. Okay, take care, thank you. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website newcultureforum.org.uk Our work is more important now than ever and we have great plans ahead for the future but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free, just remember, to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.